gentlemen, welcome to the Low Sodium Show. I'm your host, Mark Lennon Crew Wheeler, and we've got a great show tonight, y'all. Um, we're going to talk about punching mats, uh, punching thick vegetation, and it's a, a skill that is relatively th- new to the kayaking world. Um, and, you know, I, it's not used enough. It's, um, you, you know, I think it's intimidating for folks. And I want to break down how you can prepare yourself to go out and, and fish the thick vegetation from a kayak effectively. Um, you know, do's and don'ts and stuff you can do ahead of time to, to make you more effective during uh, the summertime months when that vegetation is really thick. Um, with that and, and a little bit of extra as well. Um, we're gonna have a great show. Uh, it's gonna be a lot, a lot of fun. And um, you know, I, I just want to say real fast, you know, thank you so much to, to Huntfish Paddle, great company. Um, you know, they're uh, they're they're really stepping up for the low sodium show and kayak fishing radio in general. So thank you very much to them and to the rest of the kayak fishing radio sponsors, uh, personal sponsors. Uh, Huntfish Paddle is a low sodium sponsor. These are my personal sponsors: uh, uh, Jackson Kayak, Orca Coolers, Tommy Head Jigs. Uh, lick them lures, um, you know, couldn't do it without you guys, uh, really couldn't, um, so, and Bull Bay Rods for that as well, and Bull Bay, um, you know, they're, they're stepping up and, and doing some great stuff now, so you definitely, definitely, definitely need to check them out, so with that being said, um, we're going to take a quick break, when we come right back, we're going to jump right into this, uh, I'm going to try to compact it, uh, I've got a, a graduation at a uh, uh, dinner at 9.30 for my uh, neighbor. So uh, let's get this thing started. So we'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Bull Bay Custom Rods are handcrafted, designed, built by fishermen for fishermen. Each plank goes through a rigorous stress test to ensure the highest quality, period. You can actually feel the action of the bite as well as lure vibration through the foreground. Made with the highest quality components and made to your specifications. Bull Bay Custom Rods bring innovation to your hands. Go to bbrods.com to check out some amazing custom rods. Bull Bay Custom Rods, built by fishermen for fishermen. Alright y'all, you've heard me talk about Huntfish Paddle. Check them out. Go to HuntFishPaddle.com and let them know that you got it from the Low Sodium Show. Check out HuntFishPaddle.com right now. Alright folks, we're back with more of the Low Sodium Show on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Uh, and this segment's brought to you by Huntfish Paddle. Go to Huntfish Paddle and um, let them know I, when you check out you heard it from the Low Sodium Show and uh, they'll hook you up. All right, so that again, that's HuntFishPaddle.com. Check them out on Facebook at HuntFishPaddle as well. Um, punching mats, and, and, you know, people 
I, I talk to guys and they're always, you know, really, really, you know, leery. They don't know how to do it or they're, you know, it, it's a mixed emotion kind of thing. Or, you know, they don't know where to start. And I'm going to put it to you this way. The best place to start is with your gear, okay? Um, you know, when when you're punching a mat and, and you're punching vegetation, whether it be lily pads, hyacinths, coontail, um, you know, uh, cabbage, there there um other you know vegetations out there depending on the state you're in um that are really prominent um you know reeds like in the California delta punching through reeds is huge and and like Okeechobee um you know it's huge and uh, Chris Carlisle Carlisle's in the house what's going on man um you know people say, where do I start first things first okay before you do anything with with punching mats you need the correct rod. You need a flipping and pitching rod, period. Okay, and I'm not talking a six-footer or a seven-footer. The longest rod that you can get. If you're a tournament angler, FLW or BASS, you cannot go above eight feet. I always go seven foot eleven. It gives me that inch of spacing. Um, you know, I'm looking for the longest rod I can. And, you know... The reason for that is the technique of, of actually flipping and, and, and getting it to where you need to be. You need that long rod plus leverage. You've heard me say it before. Leverage is your friend, okay? And having that long rod gives you that leverage to help get them up. Get them out is, is the goal. Um, get it in and get it out. Simple as that. And a long rod really facilitates that for you. Heavy rod. Heavy action, Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a rod that, you know, a broomstick in the best way to put it. Um, but with a flexible tip, I need that tip to make that, that pitch. Okay. This is not a, a flip kind of thing. It's you're pitching that beat. Okay. You got to get that, that momentum to get through that mat. Um, you know, little, little, you know, things like that. Bull Bay makes a rod. I designed it. It's called the bomb dropper. Okay. And it was made specifically to punch through mats for big baits. I, I, I literally use it for four techniques. Uh, flipping and pitching, okay, with, you know, and, and jigging. That's, a, that's the first two. Flipping or, 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 or mat punching isn't jigging. That's two different things. Okay, football head jig, it, it falls in that second one. Uh, Alabama rigs, castable umbrella rigs, okay, is the other one. And big swim baits. I love throwing big swim baits this time of year. Uh, we're going to do a show here in a few days, in the coming weeks, on throwing big swim baits. And, and it's very, very important that you have a stout rod, and this is it. It's 710, okay? Really nice tip on it. It's And, and you hit them, they, they know it. Um, so that's the rod I like. Um, do not use a spinning rod. It doesn't have the, the backbone to handle it, okay? Um, and plus, you'll you'll really lose a lot of the... Consistency with your, your, your pitches as well. Reels, second most important thing, okay, in, in the whole terminal side. You need a super duty reel. Some guys really like round reels. Abu Garcia, I forget the size of the reel, just a little round reel, okay, is great. Uh, the high, you have to have high speed, that's the biggest thing. High speed reels. For me, it's the lose heavy duty. Okay, reason is, is you've got to watch. 
If you just buy any high-speed reel and think it's going to work, it won't last the, the year. Uh, the reason is, is you're putting so much strain on that spool, on the gears, uh, you know, on everything on that reel, that you're going to bust them up. Okay, within two or three trips, you're going to hear them start squeaking, and, and you know things start wobbling. Uh, but the loose heavy-duty reel comes in like seven to one ratio. Great reel it is one of my favorites for this. Uh, another great one is um, uh, the uh, uh, Shimano Corados. Okay, the they've got a super heavy-duty reel, not the 300, but just the 201, uh, and, and, and a seven to one ratio. Great flip pitch reel. Um, you know, uh, um, for a while, Daiwa had one. Oh, excuse me, Shimano had one that actually had a, a, a stopper on it where you could actually flick your thumb up and it would, you know, instead of having to engage it with the reel handle, which was great. I love that reel. Uh, only problem is that they put some really shady parts in it and <laughs> didn't really do very well for this technique. Uh, you know, flipping and pitching like a small jig, fine, around wood, stuff like that. But when you're talking about using the weight we're going to talk about, um, you know, it can really tear up a reel, something fierce. Uh, you know, so so invest the money on a solid reel. You know, you know, lots of bearings in it, easily easily tuned. Um, you know, are, are huge things, and it has to be smooth. It has to be really smooth. Um, and the line, I don't go anything less than fifty pound. Um, and the reason I I, I I say that is you'll have a lot, a lot, a lot of times. You'll make your pitch in there, you know, the thick stuff. You feel that gong, and you set the hook, and you're bringing half the mat with you. Having that heavier braid, and do not use mono, do not use fluoro for this. You need braid, okay? The reason is that when you hit them, it'll cut through a lot more stuff than the, than the mono will. And a lot of the vegetation, if you ever grabbed at it and really felt it, it's kind of serrated, okay? Uh, especially if you're dealing with reeds or a mix, it can be really hard. It can be really, really hard on that line. So you need that braid. Um, but I like the heavier line, not for the strength of it, but because it doesn't tear up your hand as bad. You're bringing in that mat, you're going to wrap your hand around that line to save your rod from breaking, to peel off all the, the, uh, the salad before you get the bass. Okay? Very important that you have that, that thicker line. Um, you know, I've, I've even, uh, it was in a bind. I got to a lake that I wasn't expecting there to be matted vegetation, and there was. And uh, all I had on my – I was actually planning on – because I heard there's a lot of boat docks, stuff like that, on using a, a 20-pound fluoro. Got there and saw it. I'm like, oh, crap. Luckily enough, I had one of my saltwater rigs that has a, a – it was a tuna, a spinning rod tuna setup uh, for throwing poppers. And it had 100-pound uh, uh, braid on it, and I switched it over, um, and that was really nice on my hands. Um, but you know, that's 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 the main reason why the strength and that as well. Um, and no leader, trust me, no leader. You don't need a leader for this either. You know, I see a lot of guys putting a leader on it, and you just just blown everything you're doing with the braid out of the water. If you're worried about them seeing it, black sharpie up the line. Okay, go go about three feet. That's all as far as you need to go with that sharpie, and you're done. Um, so let's talk about baits and, and how to rig this up. If I'm punching mats, I use no less, no less than three quarters of an ounce, and I only use that when I see like eelgrass, the Potomac, great example. That Potomac has this this grass that kind of 
it's an eelgrass kind of thing where it comes up and lays on top. It's not like a, a hydrilla or a coontail where it gets on top and it kind of just layers on top of itself and comes really hard. That that grass is so um that 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 grass is so porous that it allows a three quarter ounce to fit through it. And the reason you're using heavy weights is because you're trying to scare the bass. Okay, it's the best way I can explain it. You know, think of it like this. You're sitting there, and all of a sudden your buddy comes up and scares you with a big clown mask. My first reaction is I'm going to punch at it. Bass, they don't have arms, so what they do have is a mouth, and they hammer it. Okay, that, that, that's, a, that's a first bite we're trying to get go for it. So you need that heavy weight. Get it through, punch it through, and to the bottom. So three-quarter ounce, I'll even go up to two ounce, and I do not use lead for this. Okay, the main reason why is lead just gets too big. Okay, it can overwhelm the whole profile you're going for. You need tungsten. Okay, you need tungsten for this. Yes, you're going to pay for it. Yes, I think, you know, for, for one tungsten, you're going to pay five bucks. But <clears throat> this is also a technique that you're not worried about, you know, getting it hung up in wood. Um you know, it, it's one of those great ones. If you do get hung up, you can go in after it. I mean, we're not talking deep here. Um, eight feet is the most I've ever had to go for, and that's why you had that long rod, too. You can run wind it down and pluck it off. Um, another big thing, two, two other main things you need to have. Bobber stops, okay? Uh, I use the ones from Bass Pro. They come as, like, yellow tab. They're great. They hold the weight perfectly, and they're low profile. And I, and I like using the thread ones because they loosen after a while. Um, and I think it's like for 60 of them, 60 of these bobber stops, you get like, you know, it's only like two, three bucks, if that. Um, so, you know, we've got the bobber stop, got the weight. The hook is very important. Do not try to use an extra wide gap hook. It will fail you, Okay. Because when you hit that fish, and it's going to be a hard hit, you're going to really hit them hard. That extra wide gap is going to bend on you, and you're going to lose a fish. You need a flip pitch hook. I use the Mustad and the Trocars. Those are the two I really like a lot. I actually prefer the Trocars over the Mustad for this because they have a little, uh, from, from where the barb is, which holds the, the bait, is a little farther back from the eye, which allows me to tie the, the snell knot. Much easier, and that is the only knot you need to use with this. When you're using those flip pitch hooks, you need to snell the hook. And the easiest way to snell, okay, I'm going to tell you right now, bring the line from the front to the back of the eyelet. Meaning, if you're holding the, the hook, the, the is to the left, okay, in front of you. It's to the left. That's the way you bring in the, the line in. Okay, bring it out. Get yourself about, I'm going to say, 10 inches of line. Swing it around and make a big loop, bringing the tag in to run down the shank of the hook. Okay, it only needs to go about two inches down, if that. Okay, then pinch that, that eyelet with that line. Then take your two fingers in your right hand, okay, and pull that line tight, that, that loop tight. And all you're going to do is you're going to see where that, Tagging comes up and kind of hold uh, comes over top of the uh, 
um, the, the, the main line, okay? And all you're going to do is, is you're going to see where it comes down. It's follow that motion. And basically you're wrapping itself around by taking your hand and just rotating your hand and just wrapping it down the, the hook. Okay, when, you're, when you get about, I only do about five or six wraps, seven at the most. I'll stop and I'll hold it tight and I'll pinch the whole setup. I'll just move my fingers down and pinch the whole thing. Grab that main line and pull it and it's going to bring everything tight. Cinch everything down. Grab that tag, cinch it down, cut it off, and you're done. That is a, uh, It literally takes me to snell a hook. 15 seconds when you learn it. Find, find someone who knows how to do it. I see a lot of guys, you know, you need to make these loops and you bring the tag in through. No, no, don't do that. It, it'll just make you angry. Okay? It's the easiest way to do it, and I'll see if I can't make a video on how to snell a hook. Um, I mean, I can snell, I can even snell an extra wide gap hook. You know, you know the spacing on that. I mean, that's how easy it is. So you got the snell, you got the hook, got everything. Now the baits. Baits are very important. Okay, you do not want to use a, um, a a small bait for this. Some of my favorite baits in the whole wide world. Striking, um, uh, uh, shoot, just broke, brain farted. Uh, the Strike King, um, uh, uh, Rooster, the, the Shell Crackers, stuff like that were great. Um, Power Team Lures, all of their Diesel Craws, their, their, their Brush Craws, stuff like that, beautiful for this technique. Um, the Pesky Perch, great from Bass Pro Shops. Um, you know, uh, your basic beaver baits, great. Um, you know, really thick matted vegetation. I really like, uh, you know, baits that are, you know, thinner in thinner in size. So, you know, I'll go to a brush hog. I'll go to uh, a biffle bug. <coughs> you know, um, the devil spear. When Havoc used to have it, I got like six packs of it, and it's great. Punches through there beautifully. Um, you know, and that, those are the baits I'm look I'm going with. You know, big profile, but they've got that slender, you know, rocket-shaped tip, you know, face to it. You know, that, those are the baits I'm using. Um, in practice, before you get out in the water, you know, putting that hook, it can get a little aggravating. Very important as well. You want the top, the very end of that hook eye to just be inside of the bait. Not inside of it in a quarter of an inch, not sticking out, flush. Okay, that's going to allow that weight to come all the way down. Now, if you have troubles because you have a soft bait for whatever reason um, and it keeps ripping out, I highly recommend you buy – the Tackle Warehouse has them. A lot of guys have them now. It's a skirt that's a slidable skirt that you put over top so it makes it look like a jig. Okay. You basically put it on before you put on the hook, and it fits between the weight and the bait and then the hook. And just gives it a bulkier profile. I really like them a lot. Uh, uh, Zona calls it the slither rig. Um, you know, it is a solid, solid, solid setup. Um, I, I actually got one hooked up on my rod right now. That's what I was doing the other day. I was punching mats. Um, you know, very, very easy to, to set this up. Once it's set up, leave it on there. It's not going to go anywhere. 
Um, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come right back, I'm going to explain what I do before the season even starts to get me ready to punch mats and, and punch vegetation. And we're going to talk about when the vegetation is there, new lake, how to, how to break it down so you can get on more fish. We'll be right back with more of the Low Sodium Show, only on the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Holler at your boy. Give me the flats dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Alright folks, this is your opportunity. Your chance to Tim, that is so wrong. Uh, this is your chance to, to pick up a, pair, uh, a set of Tommy Head jigs at a discount, okay? Tim, I, I'm really not liking you right now. Um, but um, Tommy Head is holding a monthly special, okay? I think it's buy two, get one free packs of Tommy Head jigs, okay? Um, and right now it's only for the unpainted uh, plain jig head, which is great. If you can, if you have the stuff to paint them yourself, you just saved a ton of money. Okay, so check them out. Go to TommyHeadJigs.com and let them know that you heard it here at the Low Sodium Show. You hear me talking about licking lures, y'all? I'm telling you, they're hot. Winning tournaments in Louisiana right now. That's how solid they are. Check them out. Go to lickemlures.com, pick yourself up a tongue slapper, and see the difference when you're fishing that plastic jerkbait. All right, guys, we're back with Low Sodium Show. My sound bites now don't want to seem to work. Um, and again, this is brought to you by huntfishpaddle.com. Uh, go to huntfishpaddle.com and let them know that you heard it here on the Low Sodium Show. You next check out. Also like them on Facebook as well for weekly and daily specials. Okay, so you're 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 determined to punch mats this year. Where do you start? I start in the off season. Okay, I I have my lakes that I fish, that I go out in the winter, especially in the winter, early spring, and I start looking for stuff. What am I talking about? A lot of guys ask. What I'm looking for are differences i.e. wood, wood is huge. Um, you know, if I find a stump laying in the middle of a big field, when you're out there and you're in a true matted field, you can't decipher where wood or anything is. Okay? It just really doesn't happen. Excuse me. So you need to, to pre-scout your area. As well as, if I'm on a lake that doesn't have a topo map to it, okay, uh, you know, I will go out there with my fish finder and a GPS, and I will pa- – I'm not fishing. I'm just paddling. Or if I'm in, my, in a boat, I am marking where the contour changes are. If I go over an area and it's really hard, you know, from three to four feet, or if it's a, a, a slough that, I can, that I'm mar- matching out, I'm marking it on my GPS, okay? You know, those little things are what hold bass. If I go up and it's a hump stump, 
uh, tr- I've caught bass that I've marked off of a um, shopping cart before. It's that difference, and difference is very important when you're talking about punching mats. Okay, fish and vegetation like that, you need to know the differences. Okay, you need to find that difference. What's different? And, and I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to hear this in the segment a lot. Different. What is different? Different. Different. Okay, got to get that in your head. Where is it different? Difference could be as simple as the vegetation comes out to a you know a little point. And I'm not talking like you know you 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 know you can see from a mile, but you're 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 going along the edge there, and you look, and it's just this little point. I mean, no more than six inches out from the whole grass line. That's a difference. You're going in, you're going, and all of a sudden you look, and there's a big, you know, like little cove. That's a difference. All those little things will hold bass. Okay? You know, and I pre-mark everything. That, that's, I do it a lot. And I'll be going through, and I'll have my GPS. I'll know, okay, I'm coming up on here. And a lot of times, in my logbook, I've got, you know, markers that I've picked out from the shoreline. It's, um, it sounds kind of... of of, of funky, but you know, I have an, uh, the ability to see us to to be able to map out in my head, you know, areas. Great example. Uh, Lake Anna, the hot side. I know that there's one deep hole in this cove um, that has a um, a cove to the south that has no houses um, and is shallow with a lot of wood. Above it is a three houses, and the point that comes out in this deep hole, there's a two sour gum and a persimmon tree. That is, that's how I, I work, okay, which really helps me a lot when I can't fish with a GPS, i.e. I'm a backboater, okay. It helps me to know, you know, where I really need to start focusing. You know, when, when you're just probing, you're probing. But when you know there's something there, and you know, you know, kind of where it's at. You really need to probe hard and really work the area until you find it, okay? Because it's going to be hard to find it, in, you know, when you can't see it, you know. So having that that ability has really helped me a lot in uh, bringing home a check. Um, so one thing that is that is important again the differences, you know. Um, I, I've been on lakes where you've got high, uh, you know, the hydrilla coontail and you know two or, or three other uh, vegetations on that lake whenever I see two differing vegetations you know uh, a veggie sitting there I'm going to work that and I'm, I'm getting into it I'm going from the shoreline on my way out and usually it's working my way into the shoreline um, you know to find the bass because they'll use that differing vegetation and the, and the reason we we punch mats is because it's not a thick vegetation all the way through okay it is only ve- it's these stalks with a canopy over top very important in the summertime that's going to keep the bass cooler it's going to keep them out of the sun i'm going to give them protection okay so that, that's that's how important that, that is you know, so if it's you know, just like I said, you're sitting there chilling, you know, sitting underneath a, a a tree in the shade, you know, and you're, you know, you're 
looking, you're just having a good time while something, something scares you, or something falls out from you know the tree, you're gonna spook. We would you know punch or kick at it. Bass can't do that; they're gonna eat it. So you're out in the water, you're at the mats, and you're you're flipping. And what you're gonna do is position yourself about four, maybe five feet from the mat, okay? And you're gonna pitch in, starting four feet into the mats. Okay, that's where you're going to start. And what you're going to do is you're going to make that pitch. Okay, as that bait's going, when you decide you want to put it through, tap your thumb on that spool. What that's going to do is take that bait and flip it up. Bring the weight under the bait. And then what that's going to do is you're going to touch it with your thumb. It's going to flip. When you release it, because it's just a little flick, flick with your thumb. All you're going to do is let it fall in. It's giving it the opportunity to let the heaviest part, the, 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 the biggest force, go through that mat. Very important. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I really, you'll, you'll see it, even with two ounces. You'll send it out there, and it'll, you know, you just let it, boom, and it'll fall on top of it. And then slowly fall in. You don't want that. You want it to go straight through as hard and as fast as you can. Eats it. You hit them. Simple and easy. Um, you know, I really, I really, you know, am enthusiastic about this because it is so much fun. So you made the pitch, you tapped it, it falls through, feel nothing. Let it hit the bottom. Dunk, it hits the bottom. All you're gonna do is just pop your rod tip once, twice. Three times, if nothing, that's why you have the high-speed reel. You're pulling it out and making another pitch as quickly as you can. Okay, a lot of times, if I know that they're, they're hot to trot, then, you know, I am not even giving it a bounce. It's in, and, I'll, and I'll, you know, it'll be two or three times in that same area, but, you know, if, if they don't get it on the second try, usually I'm moving. I'm not looking to to entice a bite, you know, to make them feed. I'm looking for that reaction bite. Simple as that. And, you know, boom, boom, and I'm moving two feet on my next pitch, three feet on the next one. You know, and that's all depending. You know, and when I see areas with that dissimilarity, that difference, I'm really going to focus. I'm really going to take my time and, and, and really work really work them over you know that's that's huge for me it's really huge um you know and, and having that that knowledge in my you know my 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 head of what um sorry rangers power play um if I know, you know, I've got a a, a stump laying there. That's gonna what's that's gonna be what's gonna hold. That, God darn it. That's what's gonna be holding that the, the bass. Okay, it's two things that's really gonna hold them. I'm gonna really work it over. Now, one humongous tip for you. Okay, bass and vegetation. Okay, bass do not like muddy bottoms with vegetation reason is 
is if they are chasing a bluegill, Um, you know, when you, you, you've got a, a lot of vegetation and a lot of uh, a silty, muddy bottom, bass don't like that because when they're chasing after a bait, okay, whether it be a bluegill, a shiner, whatever, and they rustle up the bottom, it really makes the area muddy, and they don't like that. They don't like going from clean to real silty. It gets in their, in their gills. They just don't like it. So what I do is I carry my, you know, stakeout pole, Right? I'll stick it in, in the bottom while I'm going. If I'm not getting bites, I'll start feeling the bottom. If I feel mush, or I, you know, I, am, I finally hit bottom, and I'm like, okay, I pull it out, and I just see you know, two feet of mud, <laughs> I'm moving. What I'm looking for is a sandy bottom you know, where I can punch it in, and, it, and it's kind of hard. That is what I'm looking for. You will find this 99 times out of 100 in areas with high current. Main lakes on, on large reservoirs have this. Um, you will not find this in back creeks. Okay, a, a lot of times those back little coves will not hold um, what you're looking for. Score! Finally, Jiminy Christmas trees. Whew. Okay, I feel better now. Um. <laughs> It's a fishing show. We're talking about hockey. Um, you know, but you have to find that solid bottom. Okay? Sand is even better than than, than anything else. Um, you know, because sand will have potholes that those bass will sit in. It's it's very important. Okay? Find that bottom. Now, if you're snakehead fishing, <laughs> forget it. They love the mud. So definitely, 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 definitely. Do that. All right. Hope that explains how to punch mats. It's not hard. Okay. But if you get a solid rod that doesn't weigh a ton, makes flipping and pitching a lot easier. Little tips on flipping. Let's just start with that and pitching. I see a lot of guys holding the reel with the spool facing up. And they wonder why their arms hurt so bad at the end of the day. Okay. For me, okay, and this is this is this is coming from my years as a competition caster. Okay. I used to cat you know, be in those competitions throwing four hundred feet, five hundred feet, okay. Little tips on, on the reel, okay. When you have a a, a bearing Okay, bearings only work if they have contact with the, 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 the spool spindles. Okay, so what – if you have a reel that only has an anti-reverse bearing, okay, an anti-reverse bearing on one side and a true bearing on the other, Usually it's on the side plate, which has the true bearing. You need to keep, when that line is going on for a cast, for a pitch, whatever, that spindle on that bearing, not on the anti-reverse bearing. Okay, the reason is, is it's going to add pressure to that bearing, the inside uh, bearing edge. Okay, that's going to allow the bearings to work. 
Just we're quickly find out if you have good or bad bearings. Simple as that. Okay. Also, when you're flipping and you're pitching, okay, hold your hand with your palm up like you'd be holding the rod. You have little, very little motion with that. Now take your hand, palm up, and turn it sideways. So this way your thumb's facing upwards. Notice how much more motion you have. Okay, that's huge. It's really gonna, really gonna matter. Allows more motion of that rod, more, you know, movement. Third thing, don't. I see a lot of guys holding their elbows way up and out, away from their body. You're, you're, you're just looking for trouble for, for really tiring yourself out. Keep your, keep your arms in. Okay, when you're flipping and pitching or doing any of that stuff, keep your elbows in. Okay, close to your body. Okay, that's going to allow you to be more efficient. Okay, it's really going to try it. It's going to be much more fluid and you'll be able to go on longer. Hold your arm out to the side and do it. And you're going to find that you're going to be tired all day. You know, I I see guys and they're they're using flip pitch rods that, that, you know, the butt section's two and a half feet long. You don't need a two and a half foot long butt. Okay? Get, this way bull is great because they have the ability to make it as long as you want. For me, the length I like, so I hold the reel in my hand and I bring the, the, the section down along my forearm. Okay? For me, it's about, you know, right above that, that thicker section of my arm. Probably you know, uh, a third, two-thirds down my arm, okay? So if I break my, my form down in thirds, yeah, one, two, yeah, about the second third down from my hand, okay, is about as long as I want it. I'm not looking for a long, I'm not two-handing pitching, I'm only one hand. One thing I do recommend is you need to have the weight, okay, for the center of balance, okay, to be in the butt section. That means adding quarters, you know, whatever to the back to that butt section to give it some extra weight. You're gonna have to because there's so much weight on the on the end of that the, the line the tip, it'll wear you out. Okay, personally for me, I like the the balance to be about three to four inches above the reel. Okay, what that does is if I add that ounce, ounce ounce and a half. That is going to allow me, it's going to allow that balance to come back to the base of the, the, the pad of my hand, okay, where I am going to be giving that most, that, that leverage, that, that fulcrum point, okay, it's going to be at that meaty portion in your palm of your hand, okay, that's where you want that, that fulcrum to, to start at, okay, and that's where, after I add the weight of, and everything else, I see a lot of guys, that, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Guys grab a rod off the shelf, and they put a reel on it, and they feel it. Like, oh, that's perfectly balanced. And then they get out in the water, and they're like, oh, the balance is off. Why? Oh, this was perfectly balanced. Must be something wrong with the rod. No, it's just because you didn't put it in front. You need to find a, that, that with this, the reel and nothing else on it, to be at you know, three inches to four inches above the reel. So this way when you put the, the bait on there, it's back at the fulcrum point. That makes any sense, okay? Now with 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 other rods, 
where I'm using lighter baits, I'm you know I put it straight on at that point, um, or I'll, or I'll you know right at the very top of the reel. Um, but you need to make sure that 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 balance point, okay, is right at the base of your that 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 meaty portion of your hand, okay, and it'll make your life so much easier. Now the reason you turn the reel to the side, like I said, it, it works much easier. Also. The science behind line coming off a spool, okay, is what you want is that line to come off fluidly, okay, off the spool through the through the the, the guide, uh, the, the 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 reel guide, okay, and to be to go out. When you hold bull facing up, <coughs> and the line's coming off, there are a lot of forces at work. There's one that we don't think enough a lot of that we don't think enough of gravity, and you think, what are you talking about, man? I'm talking about gravity in that small space between the spool and that real guide. Okay, gravity can actually pull that line down and force the line to get caught up. That's why you'll backlash. Okay. So, how do we fix that? Okay, let me take a step back. You always want the line to come off the top of the spool. If you start watching a line, it's coming up from underneath. Because you see it, you know, back where the thumb, where the bail is. You'll see it coming up the back. That's bad. You need to slow it down. Okay, you need to, you need to control that. Um, and that's actually the spool going faster than the, the lure is. Just tighten it up. You can usually fix it up, fix that real quick. So, you know that's that's the main thing. And you can always defeat all of this. Just turn the the, the reel sideways. You make your cast. If you're making a cast and your thumb is pointing at your shoulder, you're wrong. If it's pointing at your head, that that is a that's getting that snap when you're casting. Okay, flipping, same thing. Always want your thumb. Pointing at your ear, okay. Pointing at your ear, pointing towards your left hand or right hand, whichever hand you're casting with, okay. That that is huge, okay. And you'll get more distance because now you're snapping your wrist and send that that sucker farther. If you just kind of, you know, try to use your 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 whole arm, you're not going to be effective. Because that rod loads, you need to unload it by snapping it to get that rod to to kick off. Um, you know, that that's, you know, a few things. So when you hold it sideways, that line is coming off. Now gravity, instead of pulling it down to, to wrap under, is now pulling it down towards the side plate, towards the bearing. Okay? And you won't have as many issues. Now, if you get really technical, like I do, when I'm, when I'm fishing swim baits, okay, it, it, I get very technical. And what I do is that that real guide. I don't like it on either side on either side plate. I'll I will take a second, on, you know, on, you know, let some line out, bring it back up so it's excuse me dead in the center. And when I really need distance, I actually remove that 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 guide and will use my fingers and put you know put the line back on it you know that way. Um, 
you know, pinch and, 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 and guide it back on. Um, you know, that's that's all to allow the line to um, come off the spool as smoothly as possible out of the reel and onto the, you know, out of the reel through the guides. That is all I'm doing with that. And turning that reel sideways allows that line to come down towards the side plate if there's gravity involved, okay, and and really make it a lot easier for you. If you watch a lot of these, a lot of these distance casters, you'll see them. Oh, they're setting it out there and they hold the reel sideways, side plate facing towards the ground. Okay, let it go, let it go, and then they'll turn it over. Okay, because what happens is when you're distance, ca- and, you know, it's a little off topic of you know low, low sodium fishing, but when I when I make that that sweep cast, whoa. Okay. When I am, oh man, humongous. That's awesome. Um, when I make that cast, okay, what's hap- What I'm doing is I make the cast. Boom! I release that that line, real sideways, for the first second, and then I turn the reel up, and then I'm loosening the side plate. Oh, no goal. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, almost died. Um, uh, <laughs> give me a second. I, I, talk amongst yourselves. Whew. Okay. Um, so after that cast, bring the reel up. What I'm doing is I'm loosening the side plate to allow that spool to, to speed up and, and keep going as much distance as possible. Sounds funky. This is the way it works. <laughs> um, so with, with all that being said, you know, I hope you learned a lot tonight. Please ask me questions. Uh, go to Mark Landing Crew Wheeler on Facebook. Send me questions, and I will answer them the best of my ability. All right. Awesome. All right, folks. Um, I'd like to thank Hunt Fish Paddle for, for supporting the Low Sodium Show. Um, cannot thank them enough, Adam and them. Like them on Facebook, please. Hunt Fish Paddle. Um, Jackson Kayaks, telling you. Best dang kayaks out in the business right now. Check them out, jacksonkayak.com. Um, Orca Coolers, orcacoolers.com. Like all these companies on Facebook, please. Um, you know, Tommy Head Jigs, tommyheadjigs.com. Uh, Lick'em Lures, Bull Bay Rods. Um, you know, uh, you know, cannot thank all these guys enough for all that they do for me and for the Low Sodium Show and for you as well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I uh, hope you learned a lot. Again, feel free to ask me questions. You can message me on Facebook. Um, and, and, and if I don't get back to you right away, please understand I will eventually. <laughs> um, and if I don't know something, I will find someone that does. Okay? Being said, folks, hope you have a great night. Have a great Father's Day. Please be safe, and for all those fathers out there, this is the great this opportunity for us to take our kids fishing. Okay, get them out there in the water. Um, you know, get them started with the passion that can last them their whole life. Okay, uh, always wear your PFD. Okay, I don't want to hear any of my listeners that have passed because they didn't wear their PFD. Please, 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 always wear your PFD. It does you no good if it's floating away 
as you sink. Simple as that. Okay? Please, always wear your PFD. Always remember as well, fortune favors the bold. If you fish a tournament, always remember, fortune favors the bold. And if you get out on the water this weekend, like you should, to remember to get your fish on, mate. Ha-ha! <laughs> Hope everyone has a great weekend. Catch you next week, only on the Low Sodium Show. Good night, everybody.